Uh, it's very special for me. One of, uh, one of the very best preachers that you'll ever hear is going to be preaching this morning. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And uh, I think it would have been 1996. We were both preaching. My brother is with us today. Amen. Amen. And uh, he is no stranger. He is no stranger to most here. Uh, but uh, if you have not heard him, you are in for a treat. I think we've been preaching together already for a couple of years and traveling and preaching. I think it was in 1996 that we decided to do tag team preaching. Now, tag team preaching is a sport of its own. But we tag team preached and we crisscrossed the nation, traveled the world preaching together the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he went to Fort Myers, Florida to start a church from scratch. And uh, he and his wife, and at that time their one son, Joseph, later they had Benjamin, started in Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, nobody there but, but people who needed Jesus. And uh, by the time they were finished, uh, there were 400 people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, attending the church. And, and, and the work goes on. The work is continued to go on. And uh, Brother Colbert, he might be my brother, but I think he's your twin. I know two people who love teaching home Bible studies, and that's Brother Fazel Colbert and Brother Nathaniel A. Urshan II. At one time, he was teaching 18 Bible studies a week to get the church started in Fort Myers, Florida, and it worked. The Word of God went forth, and people received it, obeyed it, and the power of God fell upon that city, and the church grew and multiplied. And uh, he is currently in Memphis, Tennessee, where we were both born, and God is using them to do a great work in the Memphis area, and we're looking forward to hearing him preach this morning. Would you receive Pastor Nathaniel A. Urshan II with a warm Cincinnati welcome? God bless you. Let's continue to clap our hands unto the Lord and give him praise today. Oh, let's love him together right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God good? Isn't God so good? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, great God. We praise you, great God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a beautiful, beautiful spirit of worship is in this place. Mm -hmm. How many feel God's presence here right now so strong? Amen. Amen. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you this morning here at First Apostolic Church, Cincinnati. Uh, my brother said that you were going to hear one of the very best preachers you will ever hear. I got excited for a second because I thought he was going to be preaching this morning. <laughs> I thought, oh man, okay, well, we'll just go with it. But it's an honor to be here with you and to be with my brother and his, his precious family. We love them so dearly. Beautiful family. And I don't have to tell you that, that the hand of God is on them. They're mightily used by God. Aren't you glad for 
for a lighthouse that God has in Cincinnati that you can come and freely worship and freely give God the praise. <clears throat> Amen. And it's wonderful to be as well with the Enuses and the Bullers and, and many others that are here that we love and appreciate so much. And many I don't know. I haven't seen you or met you before. I'm looking forward to it. But most of all, I'm glad to be with God's people. I love God's people. Don't you just love the people of the name of Jesus? Praise God. Amen. I could tell you a lot of stories. I used to, if you don't know this, um, your pastor has a near photographic memory. And we used to play memory. It's a game, memory. I think Mattel or Hasbro or somebody puts it out. And we would play. And after getting the socks knocked off of you so many times, you just, you can't do it anymore. It's, it's the ego cannot handle it. And so <laughs> um, he, he memorized he memorized things that I always thought were useless. Um, and and he, just, he just knew them. And um, he, can, he can tell you the general conferences of the UPCI going back uh, into the 1800s, um, even before the merger. He just, he, <laughs> he knows. And um, one day we were in Warsaw, Indiana, and we were in terrible weather. We were late. Um, I'll just leave that hanging there for a second for those that know and love your pastor. Uh, we were late and the weather was bad and we had a newspaper reporter with us who was chronicling and documenting um, that service that night, was writing an article about us in the Kokomo Tribune. And we were late and I was upset and, and he was upset and we were, man, we're not even going to make it. It's, the service is halfway over. We're 30 minutes late. The, the rains or the snow rather is coming down. We can't hardly see it's whiteout conditions. And uh, we're looking and we see Van Buren Street and we see uh, Jefferson and we're like, Man, it's somewhere around here. Uh, we know, I think it was on Adams or something like that or Monroe. And he said, he got this look, thoughtful look on his face. And he said, it'll be up two streets on the right. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, what? And he said, two streets up on the right. We drove two streets up on the right and there was the church. Because he had memorized the presidents of the United States sequentially. For a second there, I thought a spirit of prophecy jumped on him. <laughs> Amen. But I love my brother. I love his family, Anna and Sophia and Sister Heidi Urshan. We love them so much. And it's just an honor to be with you all today. Praise God. If you have a Bible, I'll, uh, I'll invite you to turn with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 44. <clears throat> and the setting is Joseph has tested his brethren and now is the penultimate moment. They're getting ready to find out what's really in their hearts. And God's interested in what's really in our hearts. 
And so he's giving him an opportunity to sell out Benjamin and allow Benjamin to remain a slave while they go free, mirroring what they had done to Joseph all those years before. And now we pick up Genesis chapter 44. And let's look at verse 14 first. And Judah and his brethren came to Joseph's house, for he was yet there. They fell before him on the ground. Joseph said unto them, What deed is this that you have done? Watch ye not that such as a man as I can certainly divine. Judah said, What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? How shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we, he also with whom the cup is found. And now here we are. They've confessed it. And now you can walk free. You can leave, but you have to leave your brother. Judah sees it, does a quick inventory, and he says, this isn't acceptable. The next several verses, he begins to describe the sin of their youth. Verse 33, he says, Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord. And let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? Lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. Now go with me to the book of Jeremiah. And here we have the prophet speaking promises. Jeremiah, and let's look, I think it's chapter 33. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 10. Thus saith the Lord, again there shall be heard in this place, which ye say shall be desolate, without man, without beast, even in the cities of Judah, the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man, without inhabitant, and without beast. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. For his mercy endureth forever, and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. I want to talk to you for a couple minutes today by the help of God on the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. Amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. Boy, is there anybody here that feels the Holy Ghost like I feel it right now? I felt like electricity was just running up and down my backbone reading those portions of Scripture. If you'll indulge me for a moment, I want to lay a little bit of a foundation. Um, <clears throat> let me say quickly that if you've read the Bible for uh, any period of time, you'll know this. If you're new to the Scriptures, then let me try to explain it. There are people and there are locations that become associated with principles. They become associated and identified 
in a certain manner. They represent things bigger than themselves. Uh, for instance, if I, uh, if I were to say to you and mention the city of Las Vegas, most of you would not associate that with missionary work and home Bible studies. <laughs> um, you, you would not think of restraint or discretion, but you would probably think about gambling and vice, and um, you'd probably just maybe in passing just think, well, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, so in that way, things become associated. When I say the name Jezebel, you don't think of consecration to God. And nobody is in a rush to name their child Lucifer. If you do, um, you probably need a little psychotherapy, and we can talk about that later. Uh, because they become associated. They, they are things that represent things. And what is true negative is true also in positive. There are things that are associated with people and places. Um, when, I, when I say John the Baptist, one of the first things that comes to mind is repentance. Because they represent, he represents repentance. And if I say, if I say Moses, then you will usually identify that with the law. Because as great as Moses was, the principle he represented was so powerful and profound. And, and Moses represents that. If I say Elijah, you think the prophets. If I say Jesus, you think salvation. Because these, these people, personages, they represent things bigger than themselves. And when I talk about Abraham, most people think of faith because he's the father of the faithful. Amen. He, he is part of the household of faith. He went out knowing not whither he went. And he looked for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And he declared that here we have no continuing city, but we're looking for a better place. How many are looking for a better place? How many came to Cincinnati to First Apostolic Church and said, I'm looking for a better place? A better place for my children, a better place for my marriage, a better place for me to find God. If you do, then you are joining forces with Abraham. You're becoming like him. And in that same way, Judah represents praise. Um, that, let me establish that first of all. If, if you hear about Judah, you'll hear about praise. Um, and, and that's, you may have heard that preached most people around the Bible, they hear that. Judah means praise. It comes from the day that Leah, she gave birth. And when she did, she said, I have gotten a man from the Lord and I will praise the Lord. If you don't know what we're feeling here right now, it's a, it's a Judah kind of an atmosphere in this place. When, when God allowed his people to be identified he didn't identify them with Reuben. He didn't identify them with Levi. But they, in, in captivity and in the uh, diaspora, they, they were eventually just shortened to Jew. But that is the prefix of Judah. Amen. And some people, when they, when they wear 
uh, ornamentation. They wear jewelry. They don't realize that Jew-El literally means child of God. It's, it's all going back to Judah. And, and that kind of a dynamic is, is where we get that term Jew from today. And when we represent Jesus Christ, we shine like jewels. Amen. We, 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 for lack of a better word, we twinkle, we glisten, we, amen. And it's, it's a spiritual and heavenly dynamic. And that, that comes from Judah. When you praise today, you're giving off a little bit of a shine. Amen. When you lift those hands, you're giving off a little bit of a shine. Amen. <laughs> when you give God glory, you're shining for him and representing a people that praise God. When it came time to go into battle, they didn't pick just anybody to go into battle. But when the question was asked, who shall go up? The answer returned, Judah shall go up. Judah will be the tip of the spear. We're not going to be going into battle with anything less than praise to God. I'll tell you right now, if you're facing something and you don't know what to do, I can tell you the first thing to do is to begin to praise the Lord. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. You got a job if you're going to praise him like that because he's awful great. But if you can bring your praise up to a level that matches his excellent greatness. Oh, hallelujah. Don't praise him according to how you feel. Don't praise him according to what happened. Don't praise him according to how bad things are. But praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Amen. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him on the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything. My, my, my. Some people thought that the breath he gave you was for cursing or for smoking or for doing whatever or complaining. But, but it wasn't. It was made for praising. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. The Bible says that praise is comely for the upright. How many came to praise him today? Amen. So God's people are characterized by that. They're, they're the praisers. I hope you don't fall asleep this morning. I doubt you will. You're in a praising church. Amen. But I want to introduce now a second theme. Because there is such a, a thing as, as a spiritual development. And let me explain what I mean by that. People and things morph. They change over time. They grow. They mature. There's a, we can see this in Genesis 49 when, when Israel says about Judah, he says, Judah is a lion's whelp. That's what he called him. A lion cub. 
And, and the day's going to come when the Messiah is going to come out of Judah. But right now, Judah's got a kind of a bad track record. Judah, Judah's gotten involved in some bad stuff. And I'm going to tell you that praise, when it's not fully grown, isn't ready for full dominion yet. Praise has to, has to grow up. Praise has to mature. Because, because you might like the electricity of what you feel right now, but the power of what you feel right now is a mature praise. These aren't people that have just came here to clap their hands because it's in time with the rhythm. But they're clapping their hands uh, because God's done some things for them. They're not just raising their hands because everybody else is, and I guess that's what we'll do. But I've grown into my praise. I've grown into my worship. He brought me out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of praise. And the righteous say, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Don't judge my dance until you've seen what he brought me out of. You can laugh at me and you can mock me, but you don't know where I've been and you don't know what he did for me and you don't know what it costs me to praise God like I'm praising God right now. Hey, glory. Joel said this in his book. He said that God would restore the years that the cankerworm, the palmer worm, and the locust had eaten. And a lot of people assume that those three things are three separate things. There's a cankerworm, there's a palmer worm, there's a locust, but it's not. It's the same thing in stages of growth. And, and, and if, you've, if, you, if you're here and you want to be set free... Um, you you got to take care of sin. I want, I want to lift up holy hands. Amen. And, and sin doesn't stay dormant. It doesn't stay immature. You, well, I can handle that. It's not a big deal. Sin starts out as a palmer worm, but, but that's just its infancy. It will grow on you. It will it will increase in size until finally it's not just something nibbling at the edges of your life. It's something consuming every green thing. It'll become a locust. And not just a locust. It'll become a swarm of locusts until finally every good thing and every decent thing is devoured. It's a devourer. The devil is a devourer. Sin is a devourer. And, and, and you, you don't just start out with a horde of locusts. You start out with a palmer worm. And in that same way that sin grows, praise grows. Amen. You may start out with a little bit of, this kind of feels nice, but you stick around a little while. I'll go there because I like the music and I, and I, I like how Pastor Urshan preaches, but I'm not going to get in it. Like, I mean, like I, all they get in it. I mean, there's people falling down and people shaking stuff out of their hair. And I, I, I got it together a little bit more. You just stick around a little while, brother. You just, you just get put in a pit and a valley and you let God bring you out. And it has a way of getting down inside of you. 
it has a way of put running in your feet, clapping in your hands, joy in your heart. It has a way of putting a thanksgiving in your spirit, a shout in your step. Wow. Man, you'll be running these aisles before you know it. You'll be shouting hallelujah before you know it. Because praise has a way of growing on you. People come in, they think we're crazy. Oh, look, look, I'm making a lot of noise in church. You're supposed to make noise in church. Make a joyful noise. All ye lands, shout unto God. So they come in and they say, man, and they kind of sit there and they're kind of quiet. And then, they, and then they come back. And then they come back a third time. And then I'll, inevitably you'll see it's on the back of the pew. Their handle just kind of. Uh-huh. It, <laughs> that's it right there. That's the lion's whelp. That's praise in cub form. That's praise in its juvenile state. But you better watch out. Because when that foot starts tapping, and when that neck starts going, I'm just, I'm just telling you, there's something growing on the inside, baby. There's something that's getting bigger and something that's getting stronger. Because praise will grow up on you. Amen. Amen. So, now let me take a minute, because I can preach about praise. I, I can preach until we shout. Amen. I, I'll preach until, man, and I like it. There's power when you praise. Amen. Well, I don't feel like praising. Praise him anyway. Because praise isn't just about you, brother. Praise is about the person next to you. Paul and Silas didn't just praise because they felt like it at the midnight hour. They actually praised because they didn't feel like it. And they said, there's some other people in this jail that need liberation too. And I'm praising for them. And when the earthquake came, it wasn't just Paul and Silas's chains that fell off. Everybody's chains falls off when you praise him. Man, I wish somebody on a Sunday morning would just give God a little bit of praise right now. Praise him in the midnight hour. Praise him in the difficulty. Praise him. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. This is what happens when we praise. But praise has to grow up. And what I mean by that is most folks, when they look at that time frame, they give attention to Joseph. Because it's Joseph where we see the coat of many colors and... And it's Joseph where we see the pit and we see Potiphar's house and false accusation and we see, 
We see prison and we see exaltation and butlers and bakers in their Sunday school rooms all around this country right now that are telling the story of Joseph. Few tell the story of Judah. But it's in interspersed between there that we find Judah and, and, and we find Tamar and we find Onan and Ur. Most folks don't know that because we're not focused on that. We're focused on the other. But, but in the middle of Joseph's trial, Judah's growing up. Because praise in immature form, it can make mistakes. Praise without... Let me, let, me, let me say this. Can I take a little time this morning? Is this all right? The Bible says that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. That's what we're doing right now. It's not just an abstract love that we think we have, but we're loving Him. Every time you clap your hands, you're loving Him. Every time you shout to God, you're loving Him. Every time you come to church, you're loving Him. Every Bible story that you tell your children, you're loving Him, you're loving Him, you're loving Him. We praise Him with our mind, we praise Him with our heart, and we praise Him with our strength. But the Bible, and the Bible calls that the greatest commandment. And hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Greatest commandment in the Bible. And then he says the second one is like it. It's, it's attached to it. And it's that one that Judah struggled with. That says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Judah had the first part down. He knew there was one God. He knew that we were to give God our lives and, and there was inheritance and there was an Abrahamic promise. But that love your brother part. Now that was something extra. And Judah, without temperament and without growing and without grace, we see him sell out his brother. Worship and praise was never meant to be selfish. This is not all about me. And it's not all about you. It's about us. When Jesus taught them to pray, he didn't say, my father. But he said, our father. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me. Give us this day. Forgive me. Forgive us. If there's ever been a time in the United States of America where we need to get a revelation of us, it's right now. And in the kingdom of God, we're supposed to do this arm in arm, hand in hand, walking side by side. Cain asked the question, am I my brother's keeper? The answer is yes, yes, you are your brother's keeper. So it, it, praise has to have the concept of other. It has to have the concept of my neighbor, of my friend. And here's where Judah falls down because he sells out Joseph. I'm going to tell you that if praise isn't coupled with the concept of other, then praise becomes cruel. Praise becomes self-serving. 
Praise can have blood on its hands. Praise can turn into a lie if you don't understand that I'm supposed to bring my brother with me. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It is not an accident that Judah sells out Joseph. In typology, Joseph represents Jesus Christ. And it is not any accident that later on when Jesus is here, the man who sells him for 20 pieces of silver is Judas. It's a derivative. It's, it's the same name. It's the same connotation. And he sells out salvation. I'll tell you that if you become enamored with praise, you can actually sell out truth. Because I praise God, but I'm not praising my praise. <clears throat> Let me explain what I mean. I, I, I'm a lot more interested in worship than I am talent. And, and I'm not here just for the music. I'm here for Jesus. And I'm not just here to show off how good a singer I am. I'm here for Jesus. And I'm not here to show how good a drummer I am. I, I know people that can play the piano like an angel, but they live like a devil. And, and you got it backwards, man, because you can't praise without the one that the praise belongs to. This is all about Jesus. This is all about the Word of God. This is all... Amen. Amen. And I got to hang on to the truth if I'm going to praise God. I'm not just supposed to worship him in spirit. I'm supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. So you can sway back and forth and you can clap your hands, but you still got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and live separate from this world and, and, and love the Word of God. You got to have it in your heart because if you get praised before you get Jesus, you can sell him out. I'm not here just for music. I'm here to touch heaven. And I want to play well. I, I don't want to be off key and I don't want to be off tune. But, but if, 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 the, if the only ones we have that have a prayer life are the ones that are off key, that's who's singing today. You actually got to read that Bible. You actually got to pray. I actually have to have a walk with God. I actually have to seek his face because I'm pursuing Jesus. Praise got it out of order. Judah neglected his responsibility as the praiser. And he sold out truth. And praise will do that. There's people that are in the highest realms of entertainment today that once praised God. But they, they took it and they made profit off of it. It's just a modern version of silver clinking into hands. As people realize I can make a lot off of this. It's a lot more than just melody. It's worship and praise unto God. And so we want you to grow. People, you, you, can, you can see Joseph grow. Most folks can tell us about Joseph, but few can tell us about Judah. And, and if I don't get a concept of brotherhood, God will teach me. 
God will put me through something that I might learn how to not sell it out. And so, oh, you don't care for your brother. Well, let's see how it happens when it touches your life. Let's see what happens when it's your boy. Let's see how you feel about brotherhood when it's your child. Let's see what happens when you're the one that has a death. And so here's Er, who is wicked before the Lord. And the Bible says the Lord slew him. And here's Onan, who, who is supposed to raise up seed to his brother. See, in, in those days, if a brother dies, you're supposed to make sure his family name doesn't die in Israel. And Onan says, I don't want the responsibility. I'll tell you that, that not only are we here to praise God, but we're here to bring others with us to praise God. Amen. And, and that's how it works in Israel. We bring somebody with us to give glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And they bring somebody with them. And that's how the family of God grows. Onan says, I don't want that responsibility. I don't want the, the headaches. I, I, this is my life. This is my time. Every person that doesn't get that revelation, they grow weary with evangelism. They don't want to witness to anybody. They don't want to talk to anybody. I'm just here to get my praise on and go home. And don't bother me with anything else. You want me to come and help out? I don't have time for that. You want me to be a part of that group? No, I don't have time for that. Just let me handle me, and I'll just take it from there. Be careful, because we're supposed to raise up seed in Israel. We're supposed to bring new people to the house of God. If you go out and you, you pick up children for church, you're going out and grabbing a hold of little brothers and little sisters, and you're bringing them to the house of God. Don't leave them there for the devil to destroy don't leave them there for the world to gobble up and spit out. Don't leave them there for, for the enemy to take and to, to destroy their future. But say, come with me into the house of God. Let me show you how to praise him and let me show you how to love him. And so God slays Onan. I could go on and on about that, but God basically took him to brotherhood school. The years go by, and we see, we see now as Joseph, the famine's here, Joseph's here, and now here's Judah and his brethren. I'll tell you that before I say that, let me say this. There has to be a theme of going out and bringing my brother. That, that, that's true of evangelism. It's also true of brotherly kindness. Because I, I can't praise God with a clean conscience if I don't love my brother. One apostle said it this way. He said, how can you say that you love God who you have never seen? And you can't love your brother who you have seen, who's made in the image of God. You can't do that. I can't do that. And so I can sit here and say, I love you, Jesus. I hate him, but I love you, Jesus. That's not going to work because they're in the image of God. And as a matter of fact, how much you love Jesus is revealed by how much you love him. There's a lot of people, they turn their nose up. They see their brother and their sister in need. They see somebody that needs a helping hand. They, you have no idea the power that is, is, is released when you walk up to somebody and say, I just want you to know I love you. 
I'm praying for you. You're not just giving a word of encouragement. You're enacting a brotherhood principle that gets God's attention. Heaven watches when I help my brother. And if I kill my brother, my brother's blood cries out from the ground. And God sees it. So I'm going to put my arm around you and I'm going to, I want you to go to heaven with me. You see a brother overtaken in a fault. You with your spiritual restore such an one. Oh man, people sharpen their knives when somebody makes a mistake. Somebody falls, somebody makes a, mm-hmm, I knew it. Mm-hmm. I could have told you that. <laughs> And and, and be careful because you're hurting your brother. You're hurting your sister. Don't rejoice over their fall. Don't talk about it in back rooms. But take it to the Lord in prayer. And encourage them. And help them. I don't want you to be lost. Come on. Get back up again. I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I'm encouraging you. You're on my mind. What are you doing? I'm getting a revelation of how important brotherhood is to praise. You can't love him if you can't love him or her. And if I try to love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength and don't love my neighbor as myself, I don't get it. I'm, I'm not doing it. All the, the good Samaritan, it was all about who is my neighbor. You can have all the religious robes you want to, but if you walk past your broken, bloody neighbor and you don't reach down and help them, you don't have it. The love of God. If any man see his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of mercy, the love of the Father is not in him. When God put the Holy Ghost in me, it's not just so I can get goosebumps, but it's that I might have power. I've got power to walk into a, to walk into hell and grab a hold of people and say, I'm not going to leave you alone, but I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to bring you. I'm going to lift you up, and I'm not going to leave you there. That's part of praise. So they come and they, they appear. Joseph knows them, but they don't know him. Because immature praise doesn't even know who it's worshiping. They can't even see who it is they're talking to. They're talking to their Savior, but they don't even recognize him. But he knows them. And he's going to find out what's in your heart. He looked at them. Here's what he said. This jumped off the page one day to me. He looked at them and, oh, we have a father and we have, we have a brother back home. And this is who we are because he said, you're spies. And he said, all right, do this. If you be true men, go and get your brother. I'll tell you right now, before you try to show how great a praiser you are, I want to know if you're a true man, a true woman. If you be true, it was God's way of saying, let's see. I hear you walk, talk the talk, but I want to know, can you walk the walk? Go 
and get your brother and bring him back. I'll tell you, if you've got the same Holy Ghost that I have, you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth because whether or not I really have this will be manifest by my lifestyle. Praise God. Praise God. If you be true, men, man, I can't help it. I got to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm not a closet apostolic. Amen. I got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my soul. Where? Way down in the depths of my soul. I got it. It's in my heart, and it's coming out to my coworkers. It's coming out to my neighbors. It's, amen. They don't hate to see me coming. They love to see me coming. That's how it should be. They should love to see you coming because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, and it's coming out of your actions, and it's coming out of your tone of voice, and it's coming out of your facial features, and it's coming out of your lifestyle. You think I'm just praising God on Sunday morning? Honey, I'm praising God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday when I'm, when I'm typing on the keyboard. I'm praising God. When I'm, when I'm picking up the garbage, I'm praising God. When I'm talking to my boss. You ever see those people that... Christians that they, people hate to see them coming? Yeah. Oh, no. Here, here's the commission. Who wasn't in church last Sunday? Look at you, old hypocrite. Mm-hmm. There's a brother killing dynamic that gets a hold of immature praise. You don't have it, sister. You don't have it, brother. Because when you have the real thing, people love to see you coming. There's a reason why the multitudes ran to Jesus. There's a reason he had to get in a boat to just back off of the shore. Because the mul- <laughs> our world needs the love of God. I'm here to tell you, our world needs the love of God. They might be cussing and smoking, but I'm telling you, they want the love of God. They thought it was in a bottle. It's not. It's in the house of God. They thought it was in the weed, but it's not. It's in the house of God. They thought it was in a new boyfriend or girlfriend, but it's not. It's in the house of God. And how are they going to know that if I don't go bring them? Love to see you coming when the love of the Father is in you. So do they really have it? Go get your brother. Bring him back. I've been going a while. I gotta I gotta I gotta wrap up. Okay, let me say this. He gave them provision. He filled their bags up. He said, now go get your brother. I'll tell you this. The blessings you have are not for you to consume. They're there for you to go get your brother. He didn't fill your bag up just so you could have some goodies and you could eat for a while. 
He filled your bag up because I want to see Benjamin and I want to see my father. You think God's healing you just because he wants to heal you? Ah, uh-uh. he's healing you that you might proclaim his word and say, look what the Lord has done. He filled my bag up. He filled my bag up. Now come and he'll fill your bag up too. miracles signs and wonders he'll fill your bag up if you'll bring your brother what are we gonna do Elisha we're dying all I have is a little oil and The bondman's coming. He's going to take my boys. Here's what you do. Go out and get empty vessels. Well, why would I do that? Because you're going to pour the oil you have in those vessels. Can't do that. I only have a little bit of oil. I'm telling you, if you'll bring empty vessels, God will fill it. The provision is tied to bringing the empty vessel. God didn't give you financial blessings so you could sit there and backslide. So you can stop listening to the preacher so you can say, I finally made it. Now I don't have to go to church anymore. No. He gave you the financial blessing so you could go out and bring more vessels. And as long as you bring more vessels, the oil will keep flowing, brother. The oil will keep flowing. Go and bring empty vessels. Not a few. Not a few. Not a couple. Not Bring them, bring them, bring these vessels, bring these little vessels, bring the vessels. And there'll be oil. The oil will not run out. And the Bible says that finally the prophet said, is that all the vessels? That's all the vessels. There's no more. And the oil stopped. Where's the miracles? Where's the signs? Where are the wonders? They stop when the vessels aren't coming in. Because he didn't fill up your sack for you to live off of it. He filled up your sack to go and bring your brother. So when you bring them in to be healed, when you bring them in to be saved, he'll just keep on filling your bag up and filling your bag up. How do you do what you do, Brother Urshan? My goodness, you give so much. You have a finite supply. I have an infinite supply. I don't know how. When I go back, there's more in my bag. He just keeps on blessing me. How many has found that out that he just keeps Well, I can't do that. That's too much. It's never too much because my God is able to supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. I'm going to fill your bag up. Now go get your brother. I'm going to fill your bag up. Now go get your brother. They bring the provision. Says, Dad, we got to bring Benjamin back. Now I can't. Can't. The church, if it's not careful, will hold it close. <laughs> you don't understand. I, 
you have any idea what we could lose? you have any, I can't handle anymore. If you've been hurt, if you've been damaged, if, if you've been, had difficult times, the answer is not to close up. The answer is to trust God. Because listen to me, Israel. Eventually the bag's going to run out. Because you were never supposed to just coast on God's provision. Well, I got my healing. I'm good. I don't need nothing else. He didn't give it that I sit on it. He gave it that I might go and tell somebody. I'm closing. I'm wrapping up. Musicians can come. Judah sees it. I have a chance to get out of here. I can leave my brother behind and I'll survive. I can have a repeat of Joseph. But Joseph understands a principle in the scripture. That if he'll do it to me, he'll do it to Benjamin. What people have to know is... If you'll do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. If you give them a cup of cold water. There's going to be people that show up and they're going to say, Lord, he's going to say, man, thank you for coming visiting me in prison. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink and... And when I, when I had nothing, you were there with us. I said, when, when, when did we do this? When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Every person, every time you go and you get your brother, it's as unto the Lord. Joseph watches them. Do they get it? And Judah prays, grows up. Notice it didn't say Reuben and his brethren came. It says Judah and his brethren came. Reuben, you're unstable as water. You, you, you dig down a wall in your anger. You slew a man. We don't need an unstable effort at reaching our brother. It's not Reuben and his brethren that came. It's Judah and his brethren that came. We need people that praise and people that are determined and people that are dedicated. I am going to live this life and I'm going to love God and I'm going to love my neighbor. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. There, right there. Here it is. Here's the moment. Here's, it encapsulates right here. Judah says... Don't take the boy. Take me. I'll give myself. The mirror looks into the future, and this is Jesus as he lays down his life for his friend. And when I give myself for them, that's the ingredient that Judah needs. To become what God has called him to do. You want to be the great grandfather of the Messiah. It's not going to happen until you grow up. So the sacrifice of praise is where Judah looks out and says, I'll give myself for you. I'm not bringing my praise and just happy-go-lucky. Man, that was an exciting time. Boy, they played that song good. But there's a gravity to this praise. 
there's a profound gravity and depth to this praise where I'm giving myself for my brother. I'm helping my sister. I'm helping the people of God. I'm not going without you. How could I appear before my father and my brother not be with me? I'm taking somebody with me. I'm grabbing a hold of somebody with me. David said it like this. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together you gotta do it together you gotta raise your hands together you gotta clap your hands all ye people I'm taking you with me I'm bringing you with me come on praise him with me love him with me worship with me sing with me glorify with me Somebody lift your hands. Somebody stand to your feet. Somebody help me give him glory. Come here, guys. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here, young man. I've got to go and grab a hold of Benjamin. Say, come on. Let's go to the house of God. Let's praise God together. I'm not going alone, but I want somebody going with me. I can't appear before the Father unless my brother's with me. Ah, I'm not praising him alone, but I got somebody with me. Thank you, guys. Somebody lift your hands. Somebody give him the sacrifice of praise. Right now, all over this building. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ha. Come on, Judah. I need somebody to grow up. Grow up in your worship. Mature in your praise. Deepen my walk. I see it. Somebody step out. Somebody come lift your hands. Why don't you bring your brother with you? Why don't you grab a hold of that person? If you go to the altar and you remember that you have all against your brother, go get your brother and make it right. And then come and offer your sacrifice because praise has to include my brother. How oh, somebody join us. Somebody come. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your heart. My praise, oh, every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing it again. Oh, every praise, every word of worship. Bring your brother. Bring your brother. Wrap your arm around your sister. Lift them up. Encourage them. Bless them. Yeah, yes, yes. Bring your praise. Bring your praise. Sing 
Praise is who I got. 